When I'm having a good hair day, that's when I'm my best self. I feel good. I look great. And I will say, painting sulfate-free rose water collection is a part of that. The Rose Water Collection. It feels and smells amazing and comes with a deep treatment that leaves your hair petal soft. It was inspired by Ramadan traditions when many in the Middle East break the fast with rose water because of its hydrating benefits. And the collection is free of sulfates, parabens, dyes, and mineral oil. So experience something new and discover what's good with the Pantene Nutrient Blends Collection. Dear Young Rocker is more than just a podcast about music. It's a memoir of how it feels to survive high school when you don't fit in and the freeing feeling of picking up a guitar for the first time. It's also advice for anyone who is or was young and has ever felt weird or alone. Dear Young Rocker is written and narrated by me, Chelsea Erson, executive produced by Jake Brennan, and comes to you from Double Elvis Productions. Listen to Dear Young Rocker on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. This is Molly. And I'm Kristen. And Kristen, today I wanted to talk to you about some recent history. In 2005, uh, I don't know if you remember this, there was a big controversy when the president of Harvard uh, made some remarks that suggested that there were innate reasons for why women did not perform as well as men on tests of math and science. I do remember that. And I vote, just with personal experience as my background, I vote that this is not true, that there's no biological reason for why uh, men and women should perform any differently on science, because I was on the math team when I was younger. Well, that was, you're talking about science. That was that's math, Molly. Yeah, it's different. You think that you One think that you think that boys and girls do just as well? I do. The that's math team was made up of half girls, half mm-hmm. boys, and I will say, although I was not a science team member, science leet, I feel that the the class breakdown in that was also even. Interesting. Interesting. I was I was homeschooled, so I was not a mathlete. I was on. I had my own math team, but um, I I do think though that that there's something to the idea that that men and women at least think differently. Okay, like right before we came in here, I decided to do a little Google search um, on a very scientific magazine called Cosmopolitan that you may have seen um, because there seems to be sort of an obsession with, especially with like those types of female magazines that guys definitely think differently. And so I just looked through a few covers and um, almost every single one of them had some kind of headline about an article relating to, you know, decoding the male brain. Um, so I think that, I think there's at least a belief out there that men and women's brains are different. Okay, so let's investigate today whether they think differently and if they do, if they are better at math and science. Okay. Okay, Kristen, let's start our investigation with just some generic stats from the New York Times. There are studies where they find that men score better at tasks that involve orienting objects in space, which Mm -hmm. would seem to indicate, you know, more aptitude for math and science and that kind of reasoning, and that women score better at language tests, which might explain, you know, why women talk too much. Whoa, Molly. I mean, that's that's kind of a stereotype, you know. Men men can read maps. Women talk too much. I, I, don't, I don't know that I fully buy that. Um, well, and that's then you're on the same side with scientists. They are very hesitant to sort of draw major conclusions from that because they don't want to look as if they're they're sexist somehow. Well, let's let's go back. You know, let's go back to the studies and let's go back to the science. Um, fact of the matter is, men do have 
larger brains, as much as I hate to say it, they really do. Proportionally, um, they got they got slightly bigger brains. Yeah, even when you account for differences in body size and mm-hmm. weight, the the size of the brain is bigger. And again, scientists are kind of hesitant here because you know they have found that the old adage holds true that size does matter. Size has been linked to bigger intelligence, basically. But before we go too far, that does not mean though that men as a sex are more intelligent than women. Why not, Kristen? Because I think that we have to now go inside of the brain to look at the different, you know, part, parts of our brains that, that are different uh, between men and women, because I don't think that you can just judge it by size alone. What if it's size of certain sections? Let's okay. look at that. Well, in 2001, uh, researchers from Harvard found that, yes, indeed, men and women have um, different parts of our brains are larger depending on your sex. For instance, for women, um, we have larger frontal lobes, which are responsible for our problem solving and decision making. So that's pretty awesome. And um, our limbic cortex is also larger. And the limbic cortex is responsible for regulating emotions. Go figure. Well, maybe that's why we're more emotional than men. Is so that what they're weepy. saying? I don't know. Well, what's, what, what about uh, what they find for men? So men have a bigger parietal cortex, which is responsible, again, for this sort of idea of space perception and um, being able to orient an object in, in space and visually or, you know, looking at everything and knowing where it is. And the amygdala is bigger, mm-hmm. and that regulates sexual and social behavior. Uh-huh. I really don't <laughs> want to draw any conclusions about that, yeah, not yeah. being a researcher, but... So basically they're saying that, you know, the house may be slightly bigger, but women have rooms that kind of make up for for not having as big a house as men. And uh, there's also a difference in the amount of gray matter and white matter between men and women. Um, Men have approximately 6.5 times more gray matter than women. Um, and the gray matter is, uh, is the part of the brain that, that's active. It's full of active neurons, which does, you know, the active thinking. Yeah. They're, they're have, they have more space to have brilliant thoughts. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make women dullards. No, 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 wait, listen to this. In fact, women have about 10 times more white matter than men do. Booyah. That's a lot of white matter. And here's what the white matter does. It's um, basically the connections between all these active neurons. Mm-hmm. So basically, we may not have as many active thought places, but we have a lot of connections between them all. So everything moves much faster in our brain. Mm-hmm. Another reason why women's brains uh, seem to work faster is because we have up to uh, 12% more neurons than men. Basically, our neurons are just more uh, more condensed and more uh, tightly packed into our brains than men. So maybe that makes up for the size difference. Men have larger brains, but we have more neurons in a smaller space. Yeah, and all of these, you know, details about the gray matter and the white matter came from this article in the LA Times about a researcher who was um, thinking about exactly where these neurons might be different in a, a male brain versus a female brain. Mm-hmm. And this psychologist, Sandra Weidelson, basically found that on certain layers of the cortex, um, especially for the ones that involve, you know, incoming and outgoing signals, um, there's more of them in women on those layers. Basically, if, if you thought of the brain like an onion and you peeled away the different layers, there would be some layers that are just crowded with neurons on a female brain that aren't that way on a male brain. Right. But uh, just because uh, we have differences in, in our brain anatomies doesn't mean that we, the outcome, the actual, you know, intelligence, the way we process things at the end is all that different from each other. Um there was a study reported in the New York Times um, evaluating the different ways uh, 
the different brain parts that light up in men and women when they are pronouncing a word. In men, a very small part of their brain um, was active when they were pronouncing a word, whereas for women, a much uh, much larger area in the brain on both sides was active. Uh, but at the same time, they were both, both men and women were successful at pronouncing the words. Just because men were using a smaller amount of their brain than women didn't mean that one was performing better or worse than the other. Yeah, basically, there's more than one way to get to the same answer. Mm-hmm. And this may, you know, help explain why, you know, we think of a guy as better at reading a map. It might just be that his area of the brain is better at looking at that, whereas women have different associations with landmarks and just view how to get there differently. Mm-hmm. Because uh, all in all, men and women have basically the same average IQ scores. So, you know, these these brain differences aren't aren't making, you know, one sex smarter than the other. Okay, so then if it's not basically the brain structure, if that's sort of there and set and, you know, it evens out in the end... Mm-hmm. Could it be society that makes girls better at language and men better at math and science? Yeah, I think that their that environment might have something to do with it. But oh, uh, what was her name? Sandra Weidelson would disagree with that. She would disagree. Why would she disagree? Because she studied Albert Einstein's brain. And basically, she found that he had a different brain, and it was like that from birth. It's not like anything happened in Albert Einstein's upbringing that made him think differently and, and, you know, or made him better at math than a female Albert Einstein might have been. Basically, he was always going to sort of have this brain structure. And so it doesn't matter how girly you're raised or how, you know, manly you're raised, (laughs) if such an upbringing exists, um... That structure in your brain is always going to be there. Well, I think we also have to take into account um, brain development. Obviously, the brain that we're born with is not the brain that we die with, hopefully. <laughs> um, and so the case may be that girls' and boys' brains are simply developing at different rates. And while that's happening, you know, the education system isn't exactly um, compensating for that. Right. So say, you know, if you're, you know, a third grade girl and you're just not doing well at math and it just might be that those areas of your brain haven't really caught up to, to those skill sets. Um, if you're not doing well, it's not like your teacher is going to recognize exactly what's happening in your brain and exactly. slow things down for you. So that might discourage the student and she'll give up. Yeah. You get frustrated. You don't want to keep trying in these classes where you're, you're just not mentally, I guess your brain's not ready for the material yet. Mm-hmm. And I think that, uh, that, just social bias in general can also impact this difference between um, performance in math and science between girls and boys, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, if you walk into a classroom and you see that you're the only girl, that's going to be sort of further challenging for you just on a social aspect, like right. you were saying. And there's this one study that was reported in um, on LiveScience.com that kind of backs that up. They looked at these female students who at a college level were pursuing uh, degrees in very, you know, typically male um, fields like math, science, engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, and they showed one group of uh, the female students a video where uh, they could go to the summer program to really develop their skills in their fields. And the classroom was evenly distributed, males, females. And then they showed another group of video where uh, there was just like, you know, two females in a classroom full of males. Mm-hmm. And who do you think wanted to go to the workshop after seeing those videos? I'm going to guess the one where it was gender neutral. It was. You know, they wanted to go somewhere where they could be, um, you know, not the odd man out or the Mm -hmm. odd female out, if you will. Right. But females aren't the only, you know, we aren't the only ones who are susceptible 
to those kind of environmental influences. One study conducted at uh, NYU evaluated white men's math scores when they were taking a test, um, when they knew that they would just be scored on their own performance, and then again when they thought that they were going to be scored against Asian students' scores, Asian men's scores to be specific. And uh, their scores actually dropped when they thought that they were going to be evaluated against the Asian Right. Scores. There, you might always have sort of a, a un, you know, unconscious thought that there's someone out there that's better mm-hmm. than you at this. Because in the same study, um, when females were told that the exam was gender neutral, they did much better when they told, you know, when they weren't going to be evaluated against males. Mm-hmm. But on the upside, that tells us that either male, whether male or female, we can overcome these biological differences. You know, it might just be things in our environment that are that are sort of holding us back. Right. It's all in our head. Um, and but the thing about it, Kristen, is that not everyone is as enlightened as you and I are. <laughs> and some worry that if you know that a female brain is different than a male brain, even if you know they get to the same place eventually, it might, you know, be sort of a discrimination factor. Would you not hire a female for a certain job? Would you not take a female into a certain school? And that's, you know, that's a danger. But I think what we really should worry about here is that if men and women have these different brains, then it can really affect them physically. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, most research for new medication is conducted just on uh, male test subjects and male animals because the thinking goes that women would make um, bad test subjects because of our periods, our, whatever stage in our menstrual cycle we're in, you know, could make, it could skew the results because our, our brains are behaving erratically. So they're just testing on men, not taking into account the differences between male and female brains. Yeah, and at some point, you know, a woman on a men- in a menstrual cycle will have to take a pill that's only been tested um, on a man. Mm-hmm. So while disorders like depression and chronic anxiety are diagnosed a lot more often in women, um, disorders such as autism, dyslexia, and schizophrenia are far more likely to be diagnosed in men. Yeah, and also there's some evidence that if there was like a brain injury, like if you had a stroke, then your brain would come back from that differently depending on whether you're male or female. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe if you were trying to learn how to pick up something again and we have these differences in sort of visual spatial reasoning, your arm might do different things based on what your brain's telling you if you're a male or a female. Right. So it seems like from what we've learned, uh, to some extent we need to embrace and recognize the differences between men and women's brains. Because it doesn't necessarily mean that one sex is more intelligent than the other. They simply work differently. Exactly. Wouldn't you say? I would. I think we worked that matter out. (laughs) (laughs) With our white matter. Mm -hmm. Um, But whether you're male or female, white matter, gray matter, there's one thing that can be the same for everyone. What's that? Checking out this article and other articles about the brain at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? So here's something that some of you might find shocking. 95% of women don't feel good about their hair. But Pantene is changing that. Pantene's Rosewater Collection combats bad hair days with an innovative formula that uses rosewater derived from the petals and buds of the Rosa Gallica plant. With Pantene's Rosewater Collection, I can really feel how much more hydrated my hair is. And it's sulfate, paraben, dye, and mineral oil-free, which makes me feel good because who needs all those additives? 
Experience something new and discover what's good with the Pantene Nutrient Blends Collection. This episode is brought to you by NBC's Good Girls. The new season of NBC's Good Girls is generating serious buzz. Christina Hendricks, Retta, and Mae Whitman are hilarious as America's favorite moms turned criminals. This show is the perfect blend of comedy, action, and romance. No wonder critics call Good Girls your next TV addiction. And Rotten Tomatoes rates it 100% fresh. Ooh, Good Girls, Sundays on NBC. The new season has already had some wild twists, so watch live. And stream anytime.